everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Women Aware and Prepared podcast. I'm your host, Mandy Pratt, a trained domestic violence victim advocate who teaches women and vulnerable populations how to be street smart. You'll hear some true crime stories, but most importantly, how we might prevent crimes happening to us. Return each week to learn safety tips and emotional self-defense so we live empowered with peace. Let's be less naive and leave helplessness and worry behind so we can be safer, savvy, aware, and prepared. Welcome back. I'm getting creative on this episode, pulling together a few different interviews that I did previously to develop a panel discussion on social media safety, especially for teens. So recently we heard from our Surgeon General here in the United States, and he was saying that there's ample indicators that social media can have a profound risk of harm to the mental health and well-being of children and adolescents. Of course, all of us parents know this, but this is a very important topic. I also wanted to share some stats. So about 95% of US teens today use some sort of social media and one third of them said that they use it, quote, almost constantly. That was from the Pew Research Center back in August. So our teens and tweens are facing a mental health crisis. I think especially after the pandemic, when they were especially on their phones all the time, and even us adults. So this is a really important topic to discuss, and I'm glad that you're here with me today to listen. First of all, I'm going to have my son and his fiance join us. They are now in their 20s, so they are no longer teenagers, but they have good advice for teens with social media. And then I have our DA office and local police department chatting a bit about social media safety and just phone safety. Then we have Veronica with us from Laura's house, the education outreach department manager there. After her, I will just share a few personal things that I learned as a parent. All right, so here I have with me two very special guests. I have my son, Caleb, and his fiance, Amanda. And they are no longer teenagers. I thought they would have some wise advice for teenagers. Now that you're older, what would you say to a 13-year-old who was getting onto social media? 13's young for social media. I don't think I had social... Okay, well, I did. I wasn't supposed to. And I understand why now. But, yeah, you, you can't be stupid. You have to think about what you're posting. Even if your profile is private, um, it is still out there. People can take screenshots of it, you know. So you have to always think okay, it's not just the people that I'm allowing seeing it that could see it. So think about that before you post it. And then just be smart. Don't post a license plate or your house in the background. Yeah, things that tell sensitive information. Yeah. 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 Right. So just kind of be smart about it. Yeah. 
be smart about location tagging as well. And then that's on Instagram. And then if you're using Snapchat, you know, there's a feature that it can show exactly where you are if you're on the app. So in the mm-hmm. settings of Snapchat, can you turn that off? Yeah. 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 Or would it be your phone setting? No, you can turn it off on Snapchat. Yeah. But with Instagram, you can turn location services off on your phone? Yeah. And so like in most times, you know, I would tag something, you would just say Santa Barbara. You didn't even tag your college because no, the people would know where you go to college. Yeah, <laughs> right. I didn't put it like in my bio or anything. Isn't that interesting how guys and girls are different that way? Because I would know Caleb did. But I feel like with girls, it's different, like the way that we live, (laughs) you know, like definitely I remember asking my husband, when you go for a run, are you ever afraid for your safety? And he was like, what? It's very different. Definitely. So I think it's wise for everybody to not put where you work or your college or that sort of thing. Yeah. And then especially like if you were a teenager and you're posting things, especially, you know, we were talking a little bit about how that's a platform for grooming. Mm-hmm. And so, if, you know, they're in middle school or early high school and you're posting what school you go to, you know, they can show up yeah. or they can get your information. Right. They can so, figure it out. Yeah. I remember we used to always tell Caleb, like with gaming too, like whoever you're you know, interacting with, like, please make sure you know them in person. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of times, you know, you'll have somebody who you think is your friend, like another 13 year old girl. Yeah. And it turns out that it's like a 45 year old pervert who's going to try to get you to post things that you'll regret later, that kind of thing. So it's, I think, smart to actually know in person, like who you're talking yeah. to. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's hard with the way that it is now, especially with COVID, a lot of people are, we're trying to meet people over the internet. Right. And because there was that deficit of in-person communication, mm-hmm. but it just, one, it doesn't really compare right. to the friendships that you can make in person. Right. And the, the safety is not, not there. Right. Like if you can't see somebody face to face, you don't really know who they are. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I would very much hesitate or if you really, really did want to meet your online friend in person, communicate with your parents about that. Mm -hmm. Because if they also think that this is a 13-year-old girl and it's your friend and they want to connect you, maybe that's something that they can help you with, but they will be there as a sort of protection. Right. That's a good idea. Yeah. And I think, too, a lot of times now, like even with apps like OfferUp or whatever, when you're meeting somebody, mm. they always say, if you don't know them, you can meet in the police station parking lot or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We have Cindy, who is a victim advocate with the DA office, and we have Detective Roberts with us. And they were chatting with me about social media safety and what they recommend. I have a handout I give of how to protect yourself on social media. Don't tag where you are. I know we're in the age of everybody wants to tell everybody what they're eating, what they're doing, where they're at. But especially if you have a restraining order as well, I don't want to tag that I'm out at Disneyland. Yes. All my friends in live time. And then my attacker now is in the parking lot waiting for me. Because he or she knows exactly where I am. Right. Especially if you have teenagers watching like 
hey, like once you send something out into the ether, it was always there. I can find it. You know, if you sent a picture of yourself to somebody and then you're like, oops, I'm sorry. I can't tell you how many times when I was on patrol that I would go to a high school and somebody sent something to a, who they thought was a boyfriend or somebody else. And that person showed somebody else and they showed somebody else. And yeah. now the person that originally sent it is like, well, they're in, now they're in possession of child porn. Well, it's like, hey, bro, like you sent that, like you willingly right. sent that to somebody. Right. And you need to be more careful with all of those things. That is a huge, huge issue that we see. Well, and also when you send a photo that it, unless you have certain things turned off, it will show your exact coordinates of where you took that. I'm talking to somebody on the internet that I think is my age and I send them just a, a friendly photo of myself. They can look into that photo, know the exact coordinates of where I took it and come to my home. So it's okay. just different safety tips for people with, um, cell phones and computers that everything that you think, even if you think you're blocked, people can find ways to find you and to harm you and just, yeah, different safety practices. Here's your internet safety. Don't do anything stupid. Yeah. If you don't want your grandma to watch or see that, whatever there you're you doing, go. Right. Yeah. That's why I share. And they say like your frontal cortex is not fully developed till you're 25 years old. Yeah. And it's 25. You think at 25, you're a grown adult, you know, everything. But no, it's still developing and still learning to find those things. And now we're going to have Veronica join us from the local domestic violence shelter. Veronica is their education and outreach department manager at Laura's house. So she had some really helpful things to say as well about social media and phone usage. So here we go. Parents listening to this are going to want to know if I have a son or a daughter, how do I know that they're not watching porn? Is there something I can do with their phone? Yes. So we have digital safety for teens, but we also have digital safety for parents um, as well as just adults. So in December, the FBI came out with a public service announcement saying that sextortion reports are at a historic high and the number one targets are young males. Um, And they're getting them through the chat rooms of gaming sites. So This is really, really huge. And that does not at all diminish what's happening with females online. Listen, predators are everywhere. That being said, what can the parents look for? One, you're going to look for dramatic mood changes. Um, If, and I'm talking about porn too. Listen, pornography, you have mental health issues that are addressed that kids will enter into. It is incredibly graphic. It is violent. It is way too much for them to process. And so if they start retreating into their bedrooms and they're on their devices all the time, because it's highly addictive as well, um, where they used to have their door open to their bedroom. Now their door is always closed. When the parent walks in, the child immediately slams shut the computer or goes off whatever screen they were on. I like to tell parents that kids should be given as much uh, permission as they can afford and as much privacy as they can afford. So until they can afford to live in their own place, they are living in your home. Until they can afford their own $1,000 smartphone and pay the ridiculous fees every month, it is your smartphone. So you should have full access. You are not their friend. You are their parent. You should be a friendly parent, but you are a parent. And so you should know all of their passwords. If you then go onto their laptop, 
to whatever device their phone and the password has been changed, there should be consequences to that because you should be given free access. You should check their cell phones on the regular. This is not, I'll check it the fourth Thursday of the month. It should be random and frequent. You're going to go to history. You're going to go to text messages. This gives the child, although don't think you're going to, you know, get any popularity contest medal from your kid. For doing Definitely this. not. That being said, um, it will give them an inner sense of peace and safety because mm. they know they have a guardian hmm. that is watching out for them. If they're gamers, if they are gaming, walk in while they're gaming and start talking. There's one dad who said he goes and will just randomly check on his son and say, okay, everyone, we're going to turn on our cameras now. And he'll turn on the camera and go, hey, I'm so-and-so's dad. And anybody who won't turn on their camera, he'll give them warning. If you don't turn on your camera, you're going to be blocked. Um, and he'll do those random pop-ins. But even if you're just talking in the background, they know an adult is coming and going. And it just kind of lowers the risk factor. The number one thing is check their devices all the time. Mm, good to know. I just wanted to add a couple more things from myself, just being a mother, and what was helpful to us. So let me first admit a mistake I made, and then we'll talk about the successes. So a mistake I made was handing my son my cell phone when I was at the chiropractor when he was younger, um, because I knew he was going to be bored. But that was not a good idea. <laughs> Having Instagram on my phone and just letting a young boy spend time on the phone, not a good idea. So I would recommend that you be careful with that. And some successes that we had were, we always had a rule, no cell phones at the table, and that meant me included. And then the other rule we had was that we have to plug our phones in at night in my room so my son would have a break from the cell phone. And then also he knew that we had his password uh, or passcode, I guess, to log into his phone because truly it was our phone that we bought for him. To be honest, I didn't really check in on it. Be clear with them and let them know that it is your phone and you will know the passcode and that you're going to be checking in on, you know, from time to time and you can let them know uh, right before you do. And another thing we did was we made him sign a contract when we first gave him a phone um, and we made him wait until he was, gosh, I can't remember, at least 13, till he had his own phone. And of course, he told us all the time, you know, mom, I'm the only one left in my class that does not have a phone. And we said, you know, sorry, but that's how it goes in our family and you'll get one soon enough. Of course, you tell them they're not allowed to have certain apps, Snapchat or whatnot, but um, they do anyway sometimes. <laughs> So a good question is to ask them, why do you want that app? You know, why do you think you should have that? And some really great resources are a lot of police departments have uh, workshops for parents about social media. A lot of times you'll see 
um, that come through the schools where you'll see the school send out an email that the police are coming to do a workshop for parents to teach them about social media safety for their kids. So there's all kinds of apps for kids that they can work around and still have the apps they want without the parents knowing. So I think it really goes back to before all that stuff, like teaching them what's respectful, what's not, character traits and values and all of that. Because bottom line is they're going to do whatever they want. So there's ways around it on the internet and the phones. So in episode three, we talked about quite a few different resources that are available for parents to help with these kinds of things. Um, You can go back and look at episode three and listen to that. I will try to grab some of those resources and put them in the show notes again. And I know one that I found out out about only recently was called Covenant Eyes. And it's to help uh, somebody be accountable with watching porn. So I know this is a real issue as we discussed with teenage boys, especially. So uh, you might want to discuss with them about that. So I will also drop that link into the show notes. Lastly, I want to add a few last tidbits that I remembered You can encourage your teens to not share their passcode with anybody else. So sometimes if they're dating somebody or if they're in an abusive relationship, if something goes sour, that other person could get a hold of their phone and do some really bad things with it. So that's important to know. Things that I learned in my research, there's something called the log off movement that helps teenagers have a healthier relationship with social media. So it tells them not to just cut it off because that's not very realistic, but how to take the positive parts and leave the negative parts behind. So you can Google that or check the show notes for the link, the log off movement. And it suggested that we do a digital audit and there's different apps that we can use to track our usage which is quite eye-opening. So Apple has something called screen time, which I've noticed myself on my phone. And I'll see on Sunday, it always tells me your phone usage was up or it was down. I think it says the amount of hours. Anyway, it's helpful. And there's some apps called Moment and also Rescue Time. And those apps will help you track your usage And it's eye-opening if you can see that you pick up your phone 200 times a day. And then another thing I researched, it was saying to make yourself pause before you scroll. There's an app called Habit Lab. And that app uses 20 interventions to reduce the time on whatever apps you're choosing to use. So it actually has a little clock at the top of the app you're using and it lets you know how much time you've been on the app and then it stops the scroll after a certain amount of time. And then of course, you can turn off your notifications. So I do that with all of mine except for Instagram and I probably need to turn that back off. So those are some really helpful apps and a website to go take a peek at. And teens need to be warned that Using social media will amplify things that they already struggle with. Sure, there's some good things on social media, but 
I don't know, it just seems like for teens, their brains aren't fully developed yet. And some of the things they're seeing will seem to amplify the things that they're struggling with. So like if they're already struggling with depression, it most likely will make it worse. So that's something to note. Lessons learned today were lesson number one, really think about what you post. Even on a private account, it really isn't private. People can take screenshots and then share. Number two, be smart. Don't show personal information in the background of your photos or share your exact location either in your location services on your phone. You can turn that off so your photos don't show exactly where you're at. And lesson three, with gaming and social media, make sure that you know who you're talking to. Only connect with friends that you know or friends of friends. And then the next lesson is don't photograph or share anything that you don't want your grandma to see. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. You are so much appreciated. And if you'd like to support the podcast and help me sustain the project, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash Mandy Pratt, M-A-N-D-I-P-R-A-T-T and buy me a coffee or you'll see there's a fun little membership on there that you can check out and receive some goodies for yourself. I really am glad that you are able to listen and that you're sharing it with friends. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. You can leave a review and let me know what you found most helpful. You can find me on Instagram at women aware and prepared. And if you want more from me, you can join my Tuesday tip emails at womenawareandprepared.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Remember, you are worthy of a safe and peaceful life.